Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. I'm your host, Dave Johnson. Glad to have you with me tonight. Uh, like I say, every week here, women's football's in full swing, and uh, uh, there were several games this weekend, even though it was uh, Easter weekend. I know a lot of the uh, other leagues had uh, played. Nobody in our league played, but uh, I know the WNFC did and the WFA did. We'll try to uh, use a few scores rounded up here for you, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, talk about some games coming up this weekend. I know we're uh, having our first home game. We've been on the road, it seems like, forever. We're real excited about hosting our first home game this coming weekend. Uh, I do have a topic I want to talk about tonight, and it's sort of, I guess, I don't know the proper terms, but what what it means to be a champion and what it takes to remain there and to carry to carry that name. You know, it, it's more than just hoisting up a trophy. It's on and off the field. And I'd like to get some input from, from people, if they will, send in uh, messages or uh, to the, Mr. BJ there at, uh, I think it's Radio JC. Is it JC Radio or Radio JC? BJ, which one is it? It's radio.jchawks.com. Okay, there we go. You just want to send in some questions. You can pass them along to me, or you can call in at 657-383-1020. I'd like to have some uh, input on this of of people out there. I know, um, you know, I know a lot of people. Um, played not just women's football, but played all kinds of sports, you know, and never um, won a championship of of any kind. And, uh, you know, then when you get to the highest level, win magnitude and, uh, you know, just keep winning a bunch of championships, you know, and build that dynasty sort of like the uh, 49ers did, you know, in the 80s and the Patriots have sort of did here in the last several years. Um, you know, just uh, just what it means to to carry the word champion. You know, I think it's more than than just that name out beside beside your team or your organization. So, uh, you know, I can relate back to uh, my favorite NFL player was Dan Marino, and, 
and uh, you know he made it to Super Bowl. I think his second year playing, and never even come close from there on. You know they lost in it to the I believe it's to the Redskins, and um, you know everybody said oh he was great and he was great way before. I mean he could play in today's time really probably be way better than anybody with all the rules and. You know, I remember everybody saying, oh, man, he, he'll he be back, he'll be back. Never made it back. Um, so, you know, there's there's lots of people that play sports, not just football, but lots of people never reach to me the highest honor of, uh, you know, what that means. So um, that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it tonight. Also, you know, what – what does it take to build a good solid foundation for an organization? What what are what are you willing to do or sacrifice to to get that off the ground? I mean, so many teams we've seen not just here but all over the place in in California even and and up north and New York and Texas and and all those, you know, so many come and go and good organizations that that fold. I'm just I'm just curious if you know if people are listening or want to send in some uh, input exactly what it takes to you know to make to make that to make that work. So that uh, I'd like to hear from somebody or uh, like I said, they can message message Miss BJ on. On earth, uh, what she give you? Six five seven three eight three one zero two zero. So, uh, see if I can round up some scores here from from this past weekend and uh, see see what we got exactly. I know the uh, uh, I know the N, the WNFC played uh, the uh, the Pumas played the. Uh, uh, they played Atlanta Phoenix again, so they're uh, they they played again. Uh, let's see, in the WFA, the Vanguards was over to Capital City Savages thirty to nothing. Uh, the Philadelphia, wow, Philadelphia beat Richmond thirty three to nothing. That's sort of surprising. I wouldn't. Uh, of course, I haven't seen any of these teams play. Um, in the WNFC, the Texas Elite Spartans beat the Houston Heat 56 to nothing. That sounded like a thrashing. Um, also in the WNFC, we had the Alabama Fire beating the New Orleans Hippies 48 to nothing. Uh, in the WFA, we had Dirty City over the Cincinnati Sizzle. 54 to nothing. Wow, what's happened to the Sizzle? They were pretty good a few years ago. And then we had uh, Orlando, Tampa Bay, 38-36. That's also in the WFA. Uh, you know, that's uh, uh, that, that just goes right back to my point. That's just what I'm talking about here is just exactly this. What does it take to be champions? Stay there, mean there. It was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, four years ago, uh, it was uh, the Cincinnati Sizzle winning the USWFL National Championship. And since then, you know, I think that next year they went 5-3. and three. 
got beaten first round of the playoffs, and now they're getting killed. Um, you can uh, send through the chat room uh, to radio.jchawks.com. That's what, if you want to uh, reference through the chat, that's what uh, that's what it is, radio.jchawks.com. So, um, and the number is 657-383-1020. That just goes right back to my point. What does it take? What does it mean? To build these solid foundations that every year, whether you're you're winning those championships or at least competing for them, or you know in the playoffs, how do you how do you fall? I mean, they've got the speaking of Cincinnati, they've got pounded the last two weeks, uh, so they they're in bad shape. I know uh, the Misfits beat them maybe thirty or forty to nothing. And uh, they used to be pretty good. So, that you know, that just goes right back to my topics, to, you know, that I wanted to talk about. It means to um, build those organizations. When I think of a good organization, and, and I know I say it all the time, and I guess I might be biased because they're in our league, but I get, and I know them more than I know any other team. So, to me, I, I keep going back to the Washington Prodigy. And the first time I ever seen the Washington Prodigy was the very first year we had taken in 2017. That's when it was. And we had taken over the league, and uh, we were hosting the championships at Bowen Castle in Bristol, Tennessee. And uh, when we went in there, they wanted to practice that morning before – they had a game that night just to go over some stuff. And uh, not only did they have more players than, than most of the teams I'd ever seen, but, you know, they they come out, they they conduct everything they did, almost remind you of, of a high school team, the way they do things. I mean, they had, surely they had an itinerary uh, because, they you know, they'd holler, blow the whistle. They'd chop chop into another group, and and I and I really really liked that, respected it, and uh, and the way they play, relentless, and you know everybody everybody keeps trying to, you know, just sure people want to beat them, but they're just trying to even score on them. You know they haven't given up a point in like two or three years, and that's you know that's just amazing in itself. So when I think about you know, building a good foundation and, and stuff. I think of them because when I talked to Jordy, you know, about it, she says, you know, the first few years, they had a lot of turnover. Well, I know this past year, they're returning 30 players and about six new ones. And to me, that that's what it takes, you know. And where all the, the girls, you know, in her terms was, the girls that were rookies then that we were, get, you know, we were getting beat, uh, getting beat up on now are veterans and they've stuck around and they've grown and they've gotten better and they know what it takes and they fit in this organization. And, you know, now they might do, I don't know, um, you know, how they conduct themselves up there or, you know, exactly what all the social media stuff is with their organization, but I do know um, they've won two 
national championships here, and it, it hasn't even been close uh, in any of the games. And for them to, you know, maintain what they do is is pretty much uh, to I don't know what the correct term, but it's just it other than just amazing. It is, you know, because they uh, uh, what they did over the period of years just since I've known them. Now, I don't know what happened before then. I just, when I talked to uh, Jordan about it, she, you know, she said, hey, you know, we, we struggled for a while keeping players and this, that, and other. And now, you know, they've stuck around. And uh, so, to me, that's, that's building a foundation for a team also being the champions remaining at the top when you know everybody listen everybody would just love to say hey i was, i scored on them you know much less i mean sure if people want to win i don't think anybody would want to play that wouldn't want to beat them but you know just to say you scored on them you know it's probably a, an amazing uh thing because their defense is is for real I'm I'm really impressed with their defense. Every time I've watched them play, um, they they play they play lights out. Um, they're they're really well coached. They're uh, you know um, he he's not happy unless you know it's perfection, and I love that. It's really you know it's fun to watch. I know if you're playing against them, they're not fun to watch. I'm sure, but um, it's fun to watch a team like that when you see so many uh, that don't practice and that don't work at it and, uh, you know, doing doing everything they can, I guess, just to retain players and play the games. And then, you know, what a blessing to see a team like that. So um, it, that's, that's who comes to my mind when I, when I think about, you know, the way, the way they carry themselves and the way they've built their program and, um, you know, the same, same owners. Same coaches, same GM, um, everything just seems to be the same year in and year out. Um, you know, it's like the Utah Falcons. They're getting ready to play the Texas League Spartans this weekend. And, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, I've never seen them play live. I watched them play, I think it was first year they played the passion, I believe, in the IWFL championship. We watched it online. And, uh, you know, I don't know now if they can throw it now, but they could really run it back then. And I think a turnover here and there sort of got them in trouble. And then they couldn't come from behind because they couldn't throw it. But, man, they were just like a machine. Uh, the way they did things, you know, the crowd they get out there. Um, I think this is like maybe their fourth or fifth year in existence, you know, that's, and I'll be honest with you, I couldn't, I couldn't name one player on their team, not one player. Uh, there's only a few players I could name you on the Prodigy team, you know, uh, not that I don't want to, it's just, just, you know, so much to keep up with and uh, we got so much going on ourselves. That's what I'm saying. You know, I know several players off of the Texas Elite Spartans. They have one player that, uh, in my opinion, is really maybe the may maybe top five in all women's football. So um, 
do know some of them, and you know that that's going to be a great game out there. I'm I'm there to tell you if, it, if you're anywhere around the Utah area, and you, I don't know, I don't guess I'm not sure where they play, but uh, that'd be a heck of a game to go to. Speaking of games, you know it don't really matter what league or who. Uh, who's playing or what teams are playing or what. If you live in an area where there's a, you know, they're having a women's football game, you should go uh, visit and go check it out. You know, that's the, uh, you know, they need to, all the women's teams need help promoting and getting people in the stands. That's what, uh, you know, what helps them more than anything. Uh, The cost of these fields, you know, they're not cheap. Nobody um, wants to help help you because you're not a, a kid-oriented organization, and so you you have to put the bill on your own. And people don't realize the time you have to rent a field, time you have to pay for the life, time you have to pay for cleanup, time you have to pay for security, time you have to pay the refs. You know, just on and on and on, and it gets really expensive. Some of these fields are, you know, way more expensive than others. So. You know, every team out there needs as much support as, as they can possibly get to help the sport out. And, uh, you know, you want to see a good game. And your money, get your money's worth. I'd say if you're around the Utah area, uh, not like I said, I, I'm not sure where they play. I guess, uh, oh, let's see, where do they play? Well, I can't think of it on my <laughs> on my tip tip my tongue, but anyway, <laughs> it uh, Salt Lake City, I guess, maybe where they play Salt Lake Provo somewhere in there, but not sure. But if you're in that area, I'll guarantee you, you get your money's worth uh, of a game this weekend. That's for sure. Uh, I know the the uh, I don't know any other any other WNFC teams, what they're doing. Uh, I do know in our league that the uh, – uh, so our league, the Keystone Assault, is hosting, I believe, the Washington Prodigy. Uh, so that will be, you know, if you're in that area, that's going to be a, um, a good game to go watch. I know – um, they both are re- coached really well. The Keystone coaches, this is his first year back. Uh, they're uh, they're not they're not where they want to be. I'm sure, but I think in time they will get there. Um, they they had some successful drives against the Prodigy the last time, but uh, I don't know exactly what all happened in the game. I haven't got to watch the. Uh, Watch any of the film, so I, I can't tell you. I said I've not been very prepared for none of this here lately. It's just with, with work and everything we've had going on. It's it's just tough. And uh, back when I was keeping up with all that, I sort of had more time on my hands and to do things. But I really, I really looking forward to some of these games, or uh, especially us hosting the first game this this year at our new stadium. We're playing at Southern East this year. We're hoping to draw a good crowd for that. We got the 
Detroit Pride coming here to play. So we're hoping that uh, that's going to be a good game as well. And if you're certainly in the area of Sullivan East High School, Bluff City, Tennessee, around 6 o'clock, coming coming support the Thunder. That should be a that should be a good game as well. So um, it should be should be a good weekend for football. The weather's uh, supposed to be really nice here. I don't know uh, around the country what's supposed to be. We're supposed to be like 70, 70 some here. So that would be really good. BJ, um, we got anybody on the line yet? I don't think anybody's called in just yet, so uh, maybe we'll get somebody here in a few minutes who wants to talk and tell us about uh, what it takes to, to be a champion. Well, we've got Bulldog Henderson on there. Let's bring her on here and, and get her opinion to see what it see what it takes. How about it, How Henderson? You, you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing good, doing good. You, I hear you've been under the weather a little bit. Yeah, but I'm. That's why I went and got that antibiotics. I, I definitely gonna be good by Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, listen. You're you're coming to uh, this year, first year playing uh, team. You're playing for fifth year, and listen. Uh, I know you're you joining a good time. Joining the team in a good time where. We've got more players than we've ever had. We've got a pretty good team, and you know you're seeing things and a lot of success and go. But I can assure you that it always hasn't been, you know, this hasn't went this good. Um, what what were some of you know your expectations of coming to a team, and what did you hope to get from a team when when you got there? And, and after you tell me that, tell me what your definition of a of a true champion is. You said, "What's my definition as a true what, coach?" I said, after you tell me, you know, your expectations and stuff for coming, I want to hear what your definition of a true champion would be. Uh, well, when I uh, when I came aboard, I just I already heard a lot of uh, good things with the team itself. So I mean, that was kind of like a release because you never know when you join something with different personalities. Sometimes you just uh, you just never know what to expect. Sometimes with different personalities and stuff coming together, but it was more of a family setting when I got there. So that made me feel good. Everybody was welcoming, and uh, that's the same. Uh, Attitude I've been having, uh, well, the team has been having all year. And uh, I really think what what will make a team, to me, what will make a team being ship prospect or to be a champion is just, like, how dedicated everyone is as a whole. Uh, from just anybody, just from everybody that you have around you all the way up to the coaches. And just uh, everybody being on board, everybody having uh, the same – vision and the same goal no one's being selfish and I also know it just takes a lot of work and dedication um I know sometimes we I mean practice is probably not at the best time that we want them on the day that we want them and I know other people have uh things going on but it's always thinking about uh it ain't just about you it's about the whole team and 
what you bring to the team, even though I, I know each individual person don't think they are the whole team, but every piece of the pie, it needs to be accounted for. So I feel like as uh, long as we just, long as as a team, us two just stay whole and stay on the same mission and every day have a goal regardless of what our last game was or what we did, we still have things that we can improve on to get better. And I feel like as a, as a team, if you can do that and understand, like, yeah, we might – you might have a good squad or a good team and you might have good players, but it's always something that you can do to get better or to make the person, not even just you, to make the person beside you stronger. Cause even if uh, you're, even if you do have one person that's out stronger or plays better or have more experience, you're going to have that. But if you can get everybody on the same page and at least learn more, like even at practice, I've been practicing with y'all since September and it was still stuff that, I got confused on that. I feel like it's going to make me a better person and a better for the whole team because I just grasped that little bit of stuff in practice to carry over for the team to make us uh, that much stronger. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people don't understand. Uh, you know, one of the topics I want to talk about was you know, what it takes to, to be dedicated and, and to an organization and build that organization and 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 do this and do that. And, you know, we, we've talked to lots of players over uh, the years and, you know, the fact that you, here here's, here's where, you know, it comes into what you said is you have, all different girls from all different ways of life, and uh, you know, some of them work, some of them have jobs, some of them are home, you know, wives, just whatever, and just everything, and their schedules don't click um, as a whole. But the one thing that we went through, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of these teams go through, especially the small market teams. That's where it hits the most. Is because you don't have very many, and there's more small market teams than there is big market teams. That's what people don't understand. There is there is probably at least there's more small market teams. I'd say 55 percent or 60 versus the middle and large market teams in women's football. So the small market teams. A lot of the players you get just don't seem to be, to me, that, and I'm talking from experience, um, to be as serious as what the middle or large market teams is. Maybe it's because they have so many we don't see it, but when when you're on a team that, you know, and I, and I say a small market team, I'm talking about, you know, a, a small area, small rosters, things of that nature. A small team in a big market is not a small market team. That's a small team in a large market. They shouldn't that shouldn't even be. But a lot of these teams struggle for years to get players. They're just in certain areas that they're just not there. So a small market team small team would be from a eleven or twelve players up to twenty two players, whatever. And when when you don't have that dedication, I mean, like for instance, you know, if 
you know, you have a practice, and we've had a practice practice recently was one of the worst we've had where only two-thirds of the players showed up, okay? At the moment, we have enough where two-thirds still give you enough to run offense and a defense, not against one another, but run an offense and then run a defense. But if you've only got, say, 14 players, two-thirds of them don't show up, then you can't even run a full offense. You see what I'm saying? Or a full defense. So, you know, what we struggled with was making, you know, the the problem is, is you've got to have every single person on that team has to be dedicated to that team. That no matter what happens, I mean, unless everything under the sun don't come up, you have to be at practice because you're so accountable. You're so needed, tough to to get them all there. But it's a must. You've got to figure out a time. You got to figure out a way because listen, you may not believe it now, but there was times that we practiced with four, five, six, seven players on a regular basis to practice. Now, you you think, you know, only getting two-thirds there of what we have now is frustrating. And it's frustrating to me because I know what we could be if everybody shows up. But just imagine only having four or five, six players show up. I mean, just from just from other teams that we have played and after the game of just talking to uh, – with the different coaches and stuff and how they say, like, how they don't have a lot of their players there at practice, and I can see how it does affect. I mean, it affects affects us too, like you said. Sometimes we don't have – I mean, we do, but we don't have enough to run against each other as in an offense and a defense uh, competing with each other. Uh, But I think, like like you said and like you've been saying, practice is very important. I mean – I can go in a game all all the time and just feel like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm good. And then when you actually sit down and review stuff, it's just always something that you can uh, better on it. You and you can only you will only get to know that is when you are spending more time around football. I mean, just like when I came uh, watching film and just uh, doing all the little things to get better. I think that changes everything. And attendance for practice, it, it, it can change a lot. Uh, not only just you getting comfortable for you by yourself, just getting even comfortable in your position, but getting comfortable with everybody else's position. Like you said, if you if you can master your position and master everything that's going on when a play is getting called, you could be a dominant person. You know what's happening before it even happens, and you can go ahead and think about your strategy. And I feel like that's where we have – uh, a lot of advantage uh, with a lot of other teams is because we do get that knowledge of knowing what's going on, just not in our position, but with other positions. And like you said, you can only get that when you are practicing and you have that consistency of your players coming to practice and participating. Yeah. You know, the uh, thing, uh, I know when I was in, when I was in school uh, and played ball and, and listen, um, I'm I'm not going to lie. When when I was younger, I was just that much. <clears throat> excuse me. I was just I knew football because I I started playing in 
with my brother, which was five years older, and a cousin that was five years older. And we always played them, and I knew a lot about football. So, uh, and I played running back and linebacker. Um, once I got to high school, then, like I said, it was a reality check because I broke my leg. I wasn't as fast. I had to play the line. And, you know, all I was concerned about was me. I, I mean, I was sort of that selfish kind of player. And it was probably up to my junior year until I really bought in and decided that I wanted to be the player, you know. And when I did, other than playing quarterback or receiver, I knew all the I knew what to do on every play, you know, whether it be the running backs or the tight ends or the guard, the center, the tackle. I knew all those positions. And, you know, if if they needed you know, I got to play fullback some when I was a, a senior, you know, and uh, the block if we needed down near the goal line to score. But I, I knew all those positions. I took it upon myself to learn all those positions. Now, you don't just learn them at practice because at a, at a regular practice because you're, you know, in high school, you know, like even we break up into individual groups and practice and this and another you know, after school or after practice, you know, on film, get the playbook, read it, learn what they need to be. Because, listen, you never know how you know yourself. It's just like in that game against the Cardinals when somebody gets hurt and I turn around and and I send somebody in, you said, hey, I should have been there ready to go in. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, maybe it's uh, – you know, a running back or two gets a cramp, and I'm just turning around looking. You know, if somebody knows the plays, of course, you'd already be out there. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying. If somebody knows the plays, you can put them in. And that's that's what lots of these small market teams, that's what I see happening is because they don't want to uh, – I don't think it means – I think they want to play – but I don't think they want to give up anything to play. Does that make any sense? Um, you know yourself, I've said it for a long time, if you're going to play this sport and you want to be good at it, you want to be on a good team, and you want to be able to com- compete, something has to suffer. You know, you have to give up something. And for me, I've give up roping because it, it, you can't have it both ways. You have to give up something. And, you know, that's what I give up for this team, and everybody has to give up something. And if everybody gives up something, and it, and it may not listen. It, it, here's, the, here's the thing about sports. If you heard me talking about the prodigy, you know, they suffered uh, for years of getting players. I mean, we could have a great season this year, not win a championship. That's not a bust. It's something more positive to be if we do win one great. But if we don't, it's something to build on for next year. You know what I'm saying? Because Rome wasn't built in a day. And you have to get all these people, you know. My goal is at the end of the year, if we have 21 players, is try to return all 21 of those players. That's what my goal is. And if we do that, then we're going to really get something going on. And that's where, in my opinion, that a lot of these teams fail is their players don't know, you know, a solid position or two positions or whatever else. 
they can't even get them to practice. Uh, they don't have a uh, when the, what few show up, they don't have enough to practice. I understand the frustration of the girls, but as players, you have to hold each other accountable. You know, you have to, you know, like like you, you got to be able to call out Jennifer and say, "Hey, we need you here," without her getting mad and her getting an attitude. And when she just pissing this, this call me out, blah blah blah, because she has to know she's needed. You have to know you're needed. Person on this team ought to be able to reach out to the other one and say, "Hey, don't know what you got going on, but we got to have you here. We need you." That's when you start building something special. I mean, when, especially when you start holding people accountable for the little things that they, uh, for the little things that they're doing too. That's when it really starts to uh, affect because. Not only that, and I remember, I mean, we ran through this obstacle before when we, when other people were holding people accountable, and then we dealt with attitudes. I mean, to me, it just shows how much fight and, uh, and how much heart you have for the game. I mean, even if it's not my position or even if it is me, I want somebody to tell me, like, hey, you did this, because I don't want to put my, my teammate or a player in a position where they can get hit and hurt themselves or, or a position where we in a fourth – down situation and we didn't get that first down that we needed because something I was lacking. Uh, anything that can, it, like you say, it doesn't, it might not affect you, but it can affect the whole team in the long run. And that's what scares me the most. That's why I always hold myself accountable. And I know other people on our team does too. They hold themselves up accountable and I hold myself accountable for a bigger reason. It's just because I don't want to let my team down. That's why I'm like honored to like be playing both sides of the or the fields because I just feel like now I have more control and, and I feel like I can do more. Not taking no credit from nobody else. I mean, I feel like our team is dominant. We have each player on our team is good. But for speaking for me and how much I'm dedicated and and how much I want us to be successful, I feel like when I'm in a position that I feel like that's I'm the best at that position. And I feel like everybody should. It's not nothing cocky, and it's not anything. But when you're in a position, you want to be the best that you can be for your team, and that's how I am. I feel like if I'm playing on the line, regardless if it's offense or defense, I feel like I'm the best person for that position, and I'm the best person to get this task done. And I play with that much heart. And, I mean, like you said, when we run into, like, these bigger cities versus us and retaining people, that is that is what changes a lot. A lot of these teams are – Retaining more players, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I didn't play last year, but I mean, I feel like we still have a good amount of people that played last year versus this year, and it can give you. You just have that more insight of, hey, I played against him last year. This person is more dominant doing this, so this is what you probably want to look at. Like you need that uh, experiment, experience, and coaching throughout the team, so you know who you're coming to, and you know where you, uh, what you can do to better your team. And uh, not to – I don't want to, but just to jump back, when you said, like, bigger teams versus smaller teams, I think the biggest thing is, like, people in bigger teams, they are they do have more athletes and people are probably more competitive because they have more people uh, in, the, in the areas that they're playing in. And I think that's what separates us from these major cities, not taking anything away from them because, I, I mean, I play sports in a major city too, but I feel like – playing here like in a smaller area it's more hard 
people feel like when they played up, up up north or in the bigger cities, they play like as if it's they they are already supposed to be given something. And I feel like people down in smaller areas feel like they have to work harder to get there because of these bigger cities feeling like, hey, we better than you because we have this and this. And that's not always the case. You know, I think I think back. Well, first of all, we got like nine returning players. I think from this team last year, and the others are new players or, or <clears throat> first year players. Um, I I think back to all the teams that I, that I've had, and you know, if we just if we just retained um, half of those players from each team. We we would have a roster of about forty right now, thirty five or forty, you know, and what what people don't understand now the prodigy most of their players are are, are really good. Uh, when you watch them play, you don't see a big fall off when they rotate. Uh, that's because they coach every one of them. They all pretty much show up at practice, and that's the key. That is, I have girls all the time. You know, say, hey, I, I I missed that team practice. You need to help me get caught up. There's no catching up missing the team practice. There's things that are said. There's things that are done. There's motions that take place within the team, within the flow, that, I, that you can't make up. When you miss a team practice, you miss. And you don't hurt just you. You don't hurt me at all. Because I'm I'm just a coach, I'm not a player. But you hurt yourself, and you hurt every other player on that team. You know. And also, that, I I talked to players from other teams too, and like my cousin, she played uh, for the Lady Gators, and I asked her why she wasn't playing, and she said that they let her go. I mean, she said she was missing. She just blankly told me like she was missing too many practices, and they felt like. She was like getting too far behind. Not that they didn't want her as a player, and which is which. I mean, and I can only respect that. Is they held you to a standard. I mean, they held you to a platform, and if you can't reach there, and your team is progressing, I mean, sometimes they said it's better off just cutting the line because you're holding the rest of the people back. And I mean, especially when you already committing yourself, you're scrimmaging with them, and you're doing all this stuff, and then you eventually just now you feel like. You're a good player because you've been putting in all this work, and now you don't want to miss. Now you're just like, hey, oh, I could miss a couple of practice. Well, just because you're a good player, that game does not mean that you missing practice is not going to make you a better player. And I feel, and that's what, like you said, like people do need to be coming to practice. And my cousin was one of them. She was doing all that she was supposed to be doing uh, for the Lady Gators, and they let her go because she had other things going on. And uh, like, uh, wasn't making the sacrifices to come to practice, and I mean, honestly, I commend that. I feel like you, 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 you can't get somebody so many, uh, so many tries before you just gonna have to eventually say, hey, I don't think it's gonna be a perfect fit for you. Well, the, the very first thing that you know when when girls come to us is, is I don't ask them. Well, I do ask, hey, have you ever played? Blah blah blah. But that's not the most important thing. It's you know, hey, we're we're serious here. I mean, listen, we winning a championship is is tough to do. I mean, at any level, and you know that's ever that should be everybody's goal, and that's our goal. 
when when every year we start. That don't mean it's gonna happen. But I'll but you know yourself, I ask, Hey, how you know, what's what's your schedule like? Are you gonna be able to make practices? You know, here's when we're gonna practice, here's when the games are and we got to have you. You know, if you're gonna play we have to have you there. And that's the same thing I ask every one of them, you know. And I feel like that, you know, that's what is holding most of these teams back on market. I mean, just just this year, I'm, on, I'm not going to mention the teams. Just this year alone, there, uh, uh, there has been, let me think, one, two, Three. There's been like four since. I mean, we're we're only quite a month into this, this coming weekend. We'll be a month into our season, and the WFA is only three weeks in. WNFC is only three weeks in, and there's been four. I think four teams folded. I forget how many games canceled. There's been I know of uh, two or three games that have been. Uh, that have ended in the second quarter uh, because of lack of players, you know. So that comes into lack of participation from from these uh, players, and I think that's what you know you're you're getting because when you don't have enough and everybody's not uh, holding themselves accountable, they're not holding their teammates accountable. The owners have to hold everybody accountable, and the coach. And on down the line, I just don't understand. You know, you got all this work to do. Like you said, we started in September. You know, we weren't practicing, but we were working out. We were getting together. We were doing <coughs> team things to try to get ready for a season. Not waiting till January or February to try to start putting all this in motion. So that's where I think that. The, the bigger and better teams, not just the bigger ones, but the better teams, differ from a lot of these small market and even middle market teams. Absolutely, because a, a lot of people, too, obviously feel like, well, we don't have that many players, so how can they get rid of me? And I feel like, I mean, I'm not saying nobody on our team feels like that. I mean, nobody has ever said anything like that to me, but I feel like that's where a lot of people and that's a lot of people get caught up in that mentality. Uh, I have seen it playing coming up through the years of playing sports. They feel like their position is feel like their success is guaranteed because of this and that. And like you've seen it, I mean the Golden State Warriors are a good team, and then they went in a game in this finals. Now I don't, I'm pretty sure they won the series, but instead of sweeping a team, you have to play another game because you let your guard down on one game and the Clippers come and they show you that they can beat you. And sometimes you're not in a position where you have four or five games or seven-game series where it's going to bail you out, where you can afford to lose a game. Playing in our lead, if you lose a game, that can do some detrimental to you, especially when you're in the playoffs and you're going for championships and stuff. You put your guard down for one moment and things can slip away. I mean, it, it happened to us the last game. We put our guard down and we didn't uh, conquer on a four, fourth down that we wanted to, and we end up having to turn the ball over. I mean, yes, our defense came back and we did stop them, but 
if that was something detrimental or something that we needed or overtime, we could have been in a real bad situation. And I mean, I made, and I get this from you, like erase the scoreboard. We're, we're playing play by play. We want to be successful play by play. If you can be successful play by play and not think about the scoreboard, then you will be successful as a team. I think that a lot of these teams see, like you said, like uh, we up by 40, uh, we was up by 28 points or something like that, 32 points at the half. I'm not really sure of the score. But we could have been like, hey, uh, we're not going to – like we're going to – they could get that yard or, oh, we okay. No, we went out there and we played just as harder. And like I said, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm willing to make sure that every play-by-play is 100% play. And I feel like if we do that as a team, the scoreboard is going to reflect for itself. We don't have to look at the score. We don't have to worry about if Jamie is getting tech, uh, touchdowns or if uh, Caitlin is getting a touchdown. Like, it's going to go day by day if we just play by play, if we conquer one play at a time. And the only way we can do that is if we are a whole. We have to know, and the only way you get as a whole and know each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses is when you practice and play together. Like, and that is just building that chemistry as always being around each other. And just, and I'm not saying we have to go out to eat and be best friends, but when we, like you said, the one thing that each one of us have is football. We all have that in common. And if we can all bring that to the table, like, oh, my God, today is practice today or today is a a game day, and we can all come as one, as a whole unit, we can, I, I mean, we can do some dangerous things. Yeah. um, You know, one thing you're, reference back to the Golden State Warriors. I think they've been the best team forever. Uh, well, not forever, but for the last little bit. And, you know, they they let their guard down in that game against Cleveland. They had that series won. Uh, they, they started already, you know, celebrating and all that, and then Cleveland come back and won four in a row and, and won the series. Uh, you know, it's like the Clippers the other day. I didn't see the game, but I heard they had a twenty-some of a twenty-seven point lead and and lost the lead. I, I think, um, you know, I'll say this: back in the Michael Jordan era, that didn't happen. You know, Michael Jordan, they said was uh, he was on those guys. You know, he was a leader. He was on. The, he held every one of them accountable. You know, Dennis Rodman was on some of those teams, and if anybody knows Dennis Rodman, he's all time showing out, having antics, and getting technicals, and this, that, and other. And you know, they said, "Hey, Michael Jordan told him, said, hey, you start that crap cost us the game, you're done here.'" And you know, they said he told Michael Jordan, "You don't own this team." He said, "No, you're right, I don't." He said, "But I'll promise you, I lead this team, and what I say goes." And if you show out, you're gone. You know, that's the kind of stuff that has to happen in my mind. That's what the Golden State Warriors are missing. I mean, they're all time at it with each other because they all want to be the number one guy. You know, for me, winning is is number one. That's that's who's number one is, is winning. If you're on a team and hoist up a trophy, does it matter who scored all the points? Does it matter who made all the tackles? Everybody had to do a job on that team to make this this game happen. It's not like that one person went out there. I mean, listen, just think of this. In the first game, 
first first USWFL game we played against the Cardinals. Rocky carried the ball ten times and scored five or eight times. I'm sorry, only eight times and scored five of those. You know, just that's just it just happens sometimes. You know, the last game she had probably that many carries and only scored one time. You know, and Junebug and Lydia scored a couple of. That's just the way it happens. You know, sometimes it's just this person is it. You know, finding the right places, right time. But the one the one thing is, you never heard none of them say anything about the other or I want the ball, I need this, I need that, blah blah blah. And that's where I think that Golden State. Um, to me, I think they'll end up getting beat because I just don't think they have that one person that is the leader that can take control of the huddle, take control on the court to lead them. And every seems like every team, every great team has one or two of those kind of people on that team. And see, when I feel like uh, when people have that on the team, that they they will eventually start to stand out themselves. Uh, you are absolutely right. The Golden State Warriors had a tremendous lead, or a twenty something point lead, and came back and lost. Uh, they got too comfortable. And like you said, I mean, I don't care if I mean, I, it's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, when we in practice, I'm like, God, Lee, why are we doing this again? But then. I look at the practice I had this Sunday, and going back to the basics, I was like, I'm glad we're going back over this. Because at this point, I was completely confused. I didn't know my left from my right. So, I mean, when you when you put yourself on a pedestal where, as if you feel like you're in a position where you can't get any better or you feel like, oh, you are this number one prospect or uh, – you are the one that's going to stick out. You really probably want to calm down because Kevin Durant, he's a good basketball player. I mean, and he puts up good numbers for Golden State. But I, if I'm not mistaken, he's borderline close enough to get in suspended from a game because of his technicals. Sometimes it's not about your uh, physic, uh, how good you are, how many points you can put up. It can be your attitude that can separate you from being one of the greatest people out here. And now. To me, these referees are looking at Durant like you are uh, an aggressive player right now. You are being real uh, – I guess he's just being real arrogant. He just don't want to be – he's getting pushed. He's getting into it with multiple people. And that can separate him from being looking at, like you said, looking at somebody being good. It's just you have to you have to – continue to want it and and I still even I mean to me I feel like every time and I tell my mom and my sister I come to the game as if this is my first game not saying I'm gonna play like it but I do I don't have no arrogance I don't take nothing away from nobody I feel like that person who the girl that's in front of me is going to blow me over and I don't know if she is or not but that's how that's what I tell myself Justin she's going to put you on your butt you have to work hard and I could it could be the fourth quarter with five seconds in the game, and that's the same thing I'm still going to think, even if I haven't been on my butt the whole time. It's just you have to continuously want to be good, and you just have to keep yourself humble. But there's always going to be somebody that's going to be quicker than you or faster than you are. It might just not be your game, but you always got to just remain humble and not – sometimes, like they said, if you can't 
if I you can't make a like you said, Jamie didn't do. She had just as many carries and didn't have all the touchdowns. But we had other people to follow up and get them touchdowns in that same position. And I mean, and that and that says a lot about Jamie too, because she didn't complain. I don't think none of our running backs complained. Uh, or fullbacks, I don't think nobody complains about any touches, and that just says a lot about them. Yes, it does. I'm going to hold on here. We're going to read, uh, read this message that somebody sent us uh, uh, in here in the chat room from from Lauren. Thanks, Paul. First and foremost, Lauren, thanks for uh, listening to the show and then for sending us a message. And it says, to be a champion, it takes being a true leader on and off the field. A champion may hold up a trophy, but it takes so much more. The way you carry yourself and conduct yourself, stay classy. Hey, thanks so much for singing that because, listen, in my mind, it, there couldn't be more truer words said. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a player, just a listener or whatever, but that that's true statement right there. And I wish that, you know, everybody could, could carry that over because, you're, you hit, hit the nail right on the head as far as I'm concerned because I'm with you on all those. Uh, now, Henderson, you know, when I think back, two two things I want you to you think about. First of all, uh, Jordan, like I said, had he if he played for Durant, if him and Durant played, all right, for instance, in my opinion, I'm just going to tell you my opinion, Steph Curry needs to be that person. He needs to be the person going to Kevin Durant saying, listen, we need you to win this championship right now. We need you to stay focused. We need you whatever you think you're doing. See, Durant didn't used to be this kind of player. Uh, we need you to cut all the bull crap out, and either he's going to or he's going to move on. That's what Michael Jordan did, okay? Somebody has to be that person. It's not that green guy. Because he wants to be the person. He, he's not that caliber person. He's just like Durant. Matter of fact, they've even been into it. Uh, so it takes somebody like that. It takes a Kobe Bryant. It takes a Magic Johnson. It takes a Larry Bird. You know what I'm saying? You, you name all these great teams, and what's the first thing that sticks out? They had one true leader that run that team on the court in the huddle. And all those guys were the guy. And what they said went. Those players listened to them, and those players looked up to them. That's what Golden State is missing. That's what all the NBA teams are missing in my mind. I don't even watch NBA no more because if what it used to be to what it is now, I, I, I just can't do it. But that's what we're missing. Now, the second thing you're talking about is getting back to the basics. I'm not... When I make this reference, I'm talking about the Hoosiers, the movie. I'm not even talking about the end yet. I'm talking about when when uh, the coach came in and took over, what he wanted them to do. Every single day, he said, I know you can shoot. Can you dribble and pass? You know, every single day, they were dribbling and passing. What happened? The crowd didn't like it. The team didn't like it. They lost a game or two. Once they bought in that he knew what he was doing, and they did the basics. They worked on the basics every single day. Every single day, that made them so much better. And then in the end, what they do, a little bitty team from Hickory, I forget the enrollment was like 43, beat a team with 20-some hundred enrollment. So that was based on a true story. 
had they not bought in, they actually voted to get rid of the coach until that player came in and said, if he goes, I go. But what happened was they went back to the basics every day, every day, and they worked on them. you got to work on your weaknesses because your strengths are already there. You have to work on your weaknesses. So getting back to the basics, I mean, we do we get back to the basics every day. I mean, when we break up in groups, y'all are over there in one group, receivers in a group. I have the running backs, quarterback in there. We're we're to the basics every day because you know what? I see us making mistakes in the game just on basic stuff that we've been doing forever. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, miss a block, you know, miss a uh play where he should have went one way or the other, a quarterback turns wrong or running back runs the wrong route, blocks the wrong person. Once you get that stuff down, then it becomes second nature that you don't even, you just react before you think. And once you can do those things and once you have that player or players in there that's going to hold people accountable and and without them getting mad, see, years before we've had players on this team, but when somebody challenged them, they get their feelings hurt, you know. And you can't have that because they got the team's best interest in heart. They're not trying to worry about. They're not trying to say they're better than you, you know. They're just trying to say, hey, we need to get it together. We've got a, you know, we've got a goal here. And for us to reach our goals, it takes – 21, not 14, not 15, not 16. It takes 21. And that's that's where, you know, the the better teams separate themselves. I mean, like, and I've been working on, I've been working on the basics since September. And here it is, we are uh, in April, and it just now clicked to me. So, and I know everybody could tell by my face. It wasn't Jennifer. It was nobody. I wasn't frustrated with nobody. It was just like I was frustrated with myself because I was like, I thought I was, I thought I was over this hump. Is what I was telling myself. Like I thought I was over it. Like, and it's and then sometimes you need that. You need that. You need that smack in the face to say, hey, you've been doing good, but you could be this much better, or you could save this much energy, or be this much quicker if you do this. And like you said, going back to the basics, coming to practice. I mean, I can't – you can't look in a game and see what's going on and say, hey, I mean, unless your coach is really just eyeing in one person for this so many plays and say, hey, this is what I see you doing. Then you can work on stuff. But when you're in a game, it's fast-paced. It's like if you got if you don't got it by now, then you really – like you're going to tweak it while you go. But at this point, it's like you're going to have to do what you can. So when you go to practice and you review film and you see, hey, oh, I did this and then this, that's when it all comes together. And, I mean, like I said, we I've been doing these the basic foot drills, blocking drills since September. And then it took all the way till April for me to say, oh, man, I really got it. This is what all this is uh, coming into play for. This is what – this is why. It just – I don't know. It just like something just clicked for me. And I wouldn't have got that. If I wasn't there on Saturday, I would have been still thinking, oh, I'm doing this right, I'm doing this right, and I would have got farther down the lane when I would have got beat off a block or somebody would have bust through a hole because I wasn't doing my simple feet, my simple 
uh, steps correctly or in the direction that I need to for the play that we was running. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's uh, the more knowledge you have and the more experience, and that people, you know, I, I don't use the rookie term. A lot of people do. I use it, you know, the first-year, second-year player, you know, uh, because I don't know. I just never was fond of that rookie term. But, you know, the more knowledge you get, the more experience you get, the more you start to figure that out, the more film you watch. You know, well, listen, it's painful. Honestly, it's painful to watch yourself on film. You know, Ashley beats herself up all the time when she watches herself up on film. Caitlin, all them, you know, a lot of people don't even want to watch it because, you know, they see themselves. That's how you learn. That is how you learn. Listen, in a game, first and foremost, I can see lots of things, but I can't see everything, and I can't watch every person on every play. So when you watch this film, you can back it up or you can go back to it, watch it through how many ever times you can see all this stuff, you know. Now, if it's something bad in a game, you can really see it. Now, you know, I go back to the the, the time we turned the ball over uh, on downs in West Virginia, okay. Play, we drop a sure fire touchdown. Second play, we get a holding penalty. Third play, we miss a block. Or no, we don't miss a block. We... Uh, we missed a wide open receiver. Uh, the the that because they brought it back. So the third play, we we missed a block. You know, cause no game. The fourth play, we just went for a, a big throw on first down. It was an incomplete ball. It was a it was a what they call a fifty fifty ball. If you know if somebody makes a great play, it works, and if they don't, it's incomplete. Yeah, we probably could have. Uh, Try got something else and maybe got that, but I was challenging our team. You know, we 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 give up the ball and turned it over on downs, and that should have never happened. We're way better than they were. Uh, we we stopped ourselves, you know, and that's that's what we got to learn from. That's a learning tool right there. You know, just that series alone. I know what a lot of the game was. The rest of the game, I know what a lot of it was. That's the series that sticks out in my mind. That's where we beat ourselves. Not that they stopped us. They were out there. They they got the credit. They got the ball. But they made the plays. But you know, we couldn't have been more wide open to drop the touchdown pass uh, than, uh, uh, you know, than if we wanted to. Hey, let's uh, read this other message that we've had coming in here uh, to talk about a champion. Let's see. It says, uh, message from Shotgun Rider. First of all, Shotgun, thanks for uh, listening to the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, for sending in a message. A champion is disrespectful to the opponent, whether it be the team you just beat or the game itself. Hard work. And and be humble. Yes, I I agree. I, like I said, both both messages that we've got so far, I couldn't agree with more. Um, and you know, that's what used to happen in sports years ago. Uh, I don't know how old either one one of you are. 
uh, they used to. You you just went out and want one, and you celebrated the win, and it was nothing else against the team. You didn't get up there and say, oh, we knew we were way better than them. You didn't talk 10 days or 100 days before, oh, we're going to beat them. They ain't any good, blah, blah, blah. You just went and played the game, and and you won the game. You were a champion, and, and uh, you know, you held your heads high and the standards high, and each year you try to defend that. And when it don't happen, then you go and you be just as humble to the team that just did win. <laughs> it don't happen that way anymore. That's the part of sports that, that has really turned me off in a way uh, from a bunch of them is, is that specific thing. But don't get me wrong, I like to win. I love I love to win. I hate to lose more than I like to win, and that's a lot. But the the main thing is you win or lose. Uh, listen, I mean, you you lose, you're mad. I get it. You're not. You, you know the other team celebrating. It's tough. It really is tough. But when you've been on both sides of that, you got to understand it. And you know, as a as a team that wins it all, hey man, you need to be celebrating with your team that you won it all, not. You know, this and the other team. Yeah, man, we know he's gonna do that. Blah blah blah. One. What else is there to be? But being humble, you know, not not all this talking and trying to downgrade or or be. Uh, I don't know what what the case may be. So much in sports today has gone to that, and you know, for me now, it's always been fans have always did it. You know. The sports riders do it, but the teams and coaches themselves shouldn't be doing it. Those are the ones that shouldn't be doing it at all. Leave that mess for everybody else. But if you're a champion, carry yourself like a champion and go out there and and give everything you got every game, win or lose, hey, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And, uh, you know, if you don't win, hey, you got to go back and, and see where things went wrong and get to working harder. And, you know, that's what you have to do. It's not what you want to do, but it's what you have to do. And, you know, if you win, you got to celebrate that. Hey, carry that thing. Hey, yes, we're we're the defending champs. No matter what you played or what you're playing, sport, we're the defending champs. But, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're proud of that. You know, and, and every champion should be proud of that. That don't mean you have to go out here and keep reminding everybody how great you are every single game or every single week. I think everybody knows, everybody that has won a championship in any sport, league, or wherever, uh, we can all, you know, name the champions. I don't even follow hockey, baseball, uh, basketball, none of that. And I can tell you who won the championship. And all those, you know, because it, it's just what it is. So everybody knows who, who wins these championships. You don't have to keep reminding people. You don't have to keep drawing all this attention to yourself because it it can, uh, you know, it can be a bad thing as well as a good thing. And, you know, just, just be humble, like they said. And I really appreciate both people sending in messages because they hit the nail right on the head as far as what I think the champion should be. Um, you can 
<laughs> it's a rap that I used to listen to. Uh, it was said, you can tell by the way I walk. I'm not from around here. And I think that goes along the same thing of what you're saying. When you're a champion, you should you don't have to showboat it or anything. People are going to tell by the way you carry yourself, but while you carry the organization, while uh, just different characteristics that you can just bring without even saying a word. And I mean, people will people will know. People know who won a championship, like you said, just off the name and. That's when it becomes you have to become humble. And I know and I every team that we have played, I mean, I'm not going to say all of them have, but some a majority of the teams, regardless if they were in the – well, they haven't been winning because we, we have won our games. But in the positions that we have been in our game, not one of our players have ever went to another player that I have heard and said anything about the scoreboard. I mean, I don't even think we have even – as a player on the sideline, I don't think I really even care about the scoreboard. I know when we score, and that's, that's like I say, I go play by play. So at that point, when we score, that's seven points to me, and then next time we score, that's another seven. I don't add anything up because that doesn't bother me. Uh, and like you, and just being, and because you just have that much humbleness to not worry about any of that. I think everybody's just doing something that they passionately care about. And like you said, it's going to be a winner and it's going to be a loser, but you don't have to broadcast that. Some things are already evident. They already are known. And, I mean, and that's when you – that's what you said. Like, some people can can absorb being a champion, and some people just don't know what to do with that much title. They just – they feel like just because they have that title – that means everything, and it's and but like you said, it's a new year and it's a uh, new prospect, new opportunities out here, and we can't. And you want to be humble because, uh, like you said, it can bite you. Uh, you can get hit right in the foot, right then and there, because you can go out here and let your guard down and let all this talking get the best of you, and somebody can easily score or win a game, and you're going to be still thinking like, oh, I'm the champion. How how do we let this happen? But you're not thinking about what the little things that you did, the arrogance and not being extra careful or not thinking out to play because you think you're, you already got it in the bag. And that's where a lot of people mess up at. They feel like they already have it and they, and they let it go by for putting their guard down. Well, you know, the New England Patriots have six with six championships. Tom Brady has six. Six rings, six Super Bowl rings, and uh, he is probably the only player in that organization that has six. If there's anybody else, there might be one. I don't know, but organization has six Super Bowls. Now you come to that organization, most of the players that are going to be playing there this year, they might have a ring, but it's probably from somewhere else. They don't have one there because each year is a different year. Each team is different. You know, that's just like the prodigy. They got the same team, same organization, 30 players. If they win a ring, they're going to get another ring. There's going to be six players that don't have one yet. Now, the, the prodigy, they're on the prodigy team, and they're defending champs, but they don't have a ring. You know, same way with, with – Every team, you know, 
like the, the Patriots. They, I, I would dare say on their 53, 52, or 53-man roster, they're probably going to have, uh, I'd say, 30 new players or more on that roster, you know, this year. I'd say the shuffle is going to be that much. So you're going to have 30 players that are going to wear a New England Patriot uniform, and everybody's going to say they're defending champs. They're playing for the defending champ, or, uh, you know, your New England Patriots. They're defending champs. But those 30 don't have a ring that says New England on it. That's that's the difference in, in sports is, you know, when you're playing on a team, that organization is who has all the championships. You know what I'm saying? There's only one or, you know, like Bill Belichick has all the rings. Tom Brady has all the rings. Uh, maybe Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure if he does or not. But that's what I'm saying is each organization is different. So, you know, no matter who who wins the championship, it's very rare the same players are right back again. Well, let's say the Golden State Warriors. You look, most of their players are back, but they got players on their team that doesn't have a ring. You know, so that's that's where, you know, it, it comes in to, listen, you you got to, you got to bear down New England. Yeah, everybody knows they're the champs. And I guarantee you, you're not going to hear Bill Belichick, Tom Brady out here bragging about them being the champs and, uh, you know, telling everybody, hey, in case y'all don't know we're the champs, we're going to stomp y'all, blah, 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 blah. Hey, they're just looking to hope to try to defend that. You know what I mean? Because everybody else is just better. So I just think that uh, to, to be a champion, you have to be, you know, hold yourself to higher standards. And it trickles from up top down. And and that's my opinion. I mean, and, you, and you're absolutely right. Just imagine if the New England Patriots would have went into the stadium saying all this stuff. Oh, y'all talking to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Oh, y'all didn't. Oh, the year before, excuse me. Y'all didn't. Y'all never won a championship. We we won five rings at this time. We're this and this, and then you end up losing. And not even like uh, in like a blowout. It was like a competitive game. So you played. It wasn't like you didn't play hard. You played hard and still lost that game. That's how things can happen every single day. That's why I say no matter how good I think I am as a player, I can always get better. And I always, and I don't care if I've been dominating the player the whole game, every time I go up against that person and it's uh, we're saying go either on offense or defense, whoever's saying go and we are in motion, I'm always already thinking this person is more powerful than me and I have something to prove. At, at any cost, and I could be dominating the whole game. It's just, it's just a fear in me. I mean, Jennifer probably embedded in me for the day I started. She said, "You're gonna end up on your butt if you do that. You're gonna end," and that's, and it scares me to death. I'm like, I cannot end up on my butt. I will not do it. So I try to work that much harder. And I don't. And that, like I said, we could be winning every game. I could be dominating the whole game. It's always just being humble. You never know what that person. You, you don't know. Like you said, an interception, uh, 
fumble ball can turn the game around in no time. I mean, that's what kicked off our game. We scored on the first play. Then right after that, we got an interception. I mean, then we get the ball again and we score. And I think we got a punt return right after that. And here we are, 21 up, 21-0, within the first six, five, six minutes of the game. That's how fast it can happen. So for any – and like and like you said, you don't, you don't have to brag about anything. They don't put Ferrari – commercials on TV, they don't put Lamborghini commercials, Bentley commercials, they don't do that because they sell itself. A champion doesn't have to go out here and brag about this or that because your work ethic and your, like you said, the organization, the way y'all carry yourself will sell itself. You don't have to brag about any of these things. I have never in my whole life seen a Ferrari commercial, but Ferrari sell cars every single day. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just like that. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm with you. I agree. Hey, before we go, I need to uh, announce uh, uh, the winners of the uh, players uh, of the week. Um, first week in the USWFL on uh, offense, it was Jamie McKay. Uh, she had eight carries for 86 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the defensive player was Tuffy Howard. She had... She had eight tackles. She plays at the Keystone Assault. Um, and I know that uh, even though they didn't win, she had a heck of a game from what I hear. And uh, she she was defensive player of the week. Week one, I was going to have her on the night, but she works nights and couldn't come on. Uh, week two, uh, defensive player uh, of the week was uh, Tiffany Matthews from the Washington Prodigy. She had six tackles, one tackle for a loss, and a sack. And uh, you'll like this. You'll like this, Henderson. Uh, offensive Player of the Week in the USWFL Week Two was Crystal Williams. She's an offensive line. Plays offensive line from the Washington Prodigy. Um, I forget what they said. Uh, they scored like six touchdowns or something running behind her. She had I don't know how many blocks. So. For all you girls out there listening that think the offensive line don't ever get any love, right there it is. Uh, and this was voted on by the by each team, not the coaches or anybody else. The teams vote on this stuff. So congratulations to all them and, and to be an offensive lineman. Uh, to to win that award is is pretty amazing. Um, so that that'll give you something extra to work for. Uh, Henderson, but well, we're about out of time, and I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Henderson, talk to us about this, giving us a player's perspective and as a, a new player at that, and, uh, you know, just coming to an organization, not knowing what to expect, and then realizing, hey, what the heck they do expect, buying in, you know, holding yourself accountable, holding your teammates accountable, you know, being able to see the big picture of of what it is to to win. So thanks for calling in and and talking with us about that. All right, coaches, anytime. All right, appreciate it. Okay, there's uh, Jessica Henderson. She plays for Tri-Cities Thunder, first-year player, coming along really good. Thank the people for uh, uh, Lauren and uh, Shotgun for sending into some matches and and I like I said I can't say enough how much I appreciate it because you know that's exactly the way I feel and um, you know 
it's so much of that has just changed over the years, and you know it just don't seem to 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 be that way anymore. And I, I love it that there's still people out there, um, not just in the sport of uh, women's football, but all over the country that feel the same way as as I do, and a lot of other people do. So thank y'all for calling in. Uh, thank uh, JC Hawk Sports Network for. Uh, putting us on and letting us uh, talk about women's football. Again, if you're in an area where any team is playing, I don't care who they are. It don't have to be ours. It don't have to be a team in our league. Go support them. They they need it. Uh, women's football needs all the support they can get. <clears throat> every every corner, every way you turn, it's it's somebody trying to uh, pull them in a, in a different direction. So, uh, Go go to a game, and uh, you know, like I said, if you're in the area, of Bluff City, Tennessee, Saturday at six o'clock, come and uh, watch the Thunder and Pride play. Um, I think the uh, Prodigy travels to uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I believe it is Carlisle. May not be Carlisle. Somewhere up in that Pennsylvania area, there, uh, the Keystone Assault is hosting them, and um, it'll be. That should be a good game to watch. Like I said, they got big, both coaches uh, really good in that game. So um, go go support women's football. That's that's the main thing. Uh, you know, one thing I could say I could do before I die is you know get more exposure for these for these girls to play. Um, but it's a lot of it's up to them. You know the way they carry themselves and the way they act and and all that. And that's why one reason for you know, a lot of having this discussion tonight. So, uh, thanks about that, and uh, thank everybody for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.